Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight's subject is going to be pain, what's really going on. Yeah. But before, a, a very good. I guess we'll go straight into that. No, I would <coughs> announce that today is five Manique in Mayan. And um, if you're interested in Mayan or more information on it, we would be willing to convene a class, but you'd have to... Uh, yeah, well, and, and Manique is the, the tribe of the healing hand. And healing Manique, hand of God. Manique um, days are days where you're really looking to see where you end and other people begin. Not that we're not all one, ultimately, mm -hmm. but it's a good day to figure out your boundaries and take command yeah. of those. And well, five-tone explains a lot also. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, today the, the topic of pain, um, we're approaching this from the idea that all pain is a language that you are using to speak to yourself via, and it's because you didn't hear it when it was in higher forms, when it was in a, 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 an inkling of, uh, of boredom or a di mm -hmm. a, just wishing to move somewhere else or do something different, and not hearing that then then it has to be stepped down more and more and more until it eventually lands in your physical body. Oh, yeah. So as we talk tonight, please feel free to call in with things, pain that you may have in your life, and we can help show you how to get at the real bottom of it. What is your bottom line? What is that pain telling you? Because otherwise, we're just not answering the door, and it, they, the pain will keep, or the message will keep knocking yeah. until we do. It doesn't keep knocking after we've answered the door. Well, we want to explain that uh, pain is, is always a code word, and it's talking about guilt, mm -hmm. it's talking about fear, it's talking about um, worry, uh, all of these little um, uh, reptilian words that are uh, sprinkled on us like some like powdered aluminum on a nerve ending. Uh, these words that short-circuit ourselves, for example, mistake. Okay, well, there really is no such thing. It's, it's not a real concept because it worked out. Don't worry about it. Everything went, see, worry. Everything went exactly the way it was supposed to go. So um, we have long taught the idea of uh, treating your uh, brain uh, uh, and installing flags around certain concepts. So if you feel... Uh, in pain, if you feel in doubt, if you feel guilty, if you feel fear, instead of having your normal reaction to that, which is, what did I do wrong? We're asking you to change what did I do wrong to what's really going on. If you switch to what's really going on, you will dramatically increase your conscious awareness. It is simply the way this works. We have, we're in this um, progress brainwashing to delay are getting uh, to uh, the place where we can initiate a change that will make our life a better place to be by feeling guilty about it for years, by worrying about it for years, by hanging on to these ancient pains that do nothing but create roadblocks in the creation of your divine reality, creating a bumpier reality to say the very least, but nonetheless. So to switch to um, to tag the feeling that used to take the pit of your stomach and turn it inside out, to tag that to what's really going on, what's really going on here. Okay, and I can tell you for one thing, it's not happening right now because of fear uh, is always future set. 
uh, guilt is always <coughs> set in the past. Uh, worry, while it would propose to be in the present, is actually in the future. I was worried about that up until I figured it out. <laughs> uh, where were we? Yeah, yeah so. and as far as worry, I, 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 when I grew up, it was, um, I thought worrying was doing something about the yeah, problem, yeah. but it's obviously not doing mm -hmm. anything about it. And another one is doubt. Uh, the brilliance of it is that if we decide something, regardless of what physics would say, regardless of what, re what we believe is reality, regardless of any of that, if we decide it, it will happen unless we doubt it. And that's been very confusing for us because we don't notice us doubt. We just notice it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this process of ongoing uh, transmutation is held up substantially by... Uh, these uh, programs of, uh, as I said, reptilian words that well, are you're right, keeping because us. All pain really is from the past or it's from the future um, or it's an evaluation. It's a separation from the moment. Yeah. Judgment is throwing you out of the moment as well because you're either experiencing or you're measuring. And if you are judging, then you are outside of the moment, looking at the moment. And that is separating you, even though it may be in the same time frame or in the same time zone. Yeah. And you're right. Every pain that we have contains something from, from the past because it's attempting to talk to us. Yeah. So you may bump your toe right now in the present, but it is always a message about the past. Something, um, well, okay, uh, something about, about the past. So... Uh, I have found that every emotional pain we have always contains guilt. Yes. It always contains a guilt, and we always are judging ourselves. There's a judgment that we have placed on ourselves. So if you look at, at, at a physical pain or an emotional pain and do what you were saying, where you say immediately, what are you saying to me, to yeah. the pain, mm -hmm. rather than what did I do wrong, yes. why am I being punished, it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, and, yeah. and it gets back to what we said a thousand million times on this show, mm -hmm. which is what is the blessing in it? Yeah, which is another whole, that would be uh, graduate work to ask what the blessing is as far as we can tell about the way. But since the 2012, uh, notice how they, they spent three or four sessions in there, at least I noticed, where they were going to install the next big paranoia for people to have. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work, did it? There's, what's the next big paranoia? The fiscal cliff, that's a fiscal cliff hanger. That is just one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life. And, and what do you see, the president there hanging on to a huge stack of dollars waiting to careen into Korea? Where is that exactly? Well, and it really we shows our, you how money is just a, all, all a, a thing on paper anyway. Yeah, it's so we paper have a call. money. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, it's Lina. Hi, Lina. Lina. What can we do for you? Well, I got lots of pains. I didn't know which one to pick. Oh, okay. Uh, pick pick uh, the happy one. No, wait. Pick the one that's causing you the most pain. Um, or the least. Let's, let's take the digestion. That, oh, that's uh, hard to swallow. Right, right between uh, your, what is that bone? Right between the bottom of your rib cage where they come together. Yeah, yeah. Pain right in there. Sternum. Sternum, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is and, an and where does pressure it go? point. Go ahead. Well, wait, let's... Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just asking her, you said it starts there, and where does it go to? Or it, is it... it comes up. It's like, uh, like GERDs or, uh -huh. you know. Uh-huh. Well, um, one of the things, if we just look at this literally, 
um, acid is normally confined to our stomach and it and our stomach is constantly churning and moving and everything and acid moves up and when it does it triggers this uh, little um, muscle to close so that it doesn't go up and if we have low acid in our stomach, then it never really registers to close. So then the acid comes back up the esophagus. And so what the traditional um, a remedy for that is, is, is people give antacids, which then produce a lower acid content in the stomach, which kind of, it keeps the, uh, the problem going and makes it even worse. So with that being said, the idea of something's not closing for you to digest. And so sometimes that can mean that there's something from the past that you really haven't been able to digest. And uh -huh. it may be some anger, an old anger, because acid is a very similar thing to an anger. At, even in our vocabulary, we say, ooh, he had such an acid tongue or, or whatever. Tone, yeah. So, yeah, tone. So if, if you look at it as it's an old anger that, you, that keeps coming back up, I mean, it's a, in the literal translation, it's coming back up, and you're not able to close that door. Sometimes there are events in our life, you know, people talk about closure, but in our emotional body, until the emotion, we figure out a way to move that emotion, and I've done EFT for many years, and I, I really think it's a profound thing, that sometimes it will creep back up until we get that out of that um, let's just say that nerve, that emotional nerve that it's sitting on. Anyway, did you have something you wanted to say too? Um, do, yeah, uh, so... Do you ever get rid of all the, the yes. pain that the body yes. holds? Yes, yes, you can. The body, when we were uh, very, very young, there wasn't such a thing as pain. Uh, the very first pain the child experiences is overwhelming. To an adult, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. The, yeah, okay, so it is, we have already been there and we can return there. And pain equals resistance. And as Mary was saying, this is resistance to releasing things from the past. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Do we ever get rid of the emotional pain you, that we well, hold in our body? I'd ask you to make that decision. Well, that, that's a good point. That's a very well, good point about making the decision. Um, yeah. but, but I would just say, um, number one, uh, rather, the, I just wanted to clarify also what we were saying, or what I was saying earlier. It's not so much you letting go of the past, it's something you haven't been able to resolve. Uh -huh. So let's say um, if, if your father died young, that's something that sometimes we just can't resolve. It just doesn't make sense. Where do they go? I, I, I ha it would have been great to have him here, whatever the, the thing is. It's something like that, that I feel. Number two, Pain will stay around, or things will stay around long enough to provide what they came to provide you. And every time we have a pain, whether it's emotional or physical, it gives us something. So I would say, question number one is saying, what do I gain by this? Now don't what do look I, at, what? what do you gain? Uh -huh. For instance, let's say someone breaks their leg, and you say, well, what did you gain from that? Well, or, or what is it preventing you from doing? I'm sorry, ask yourself that question first. What is it preventing me from doing? It's preventing me from lying down, or preventing me from walking around, or going and doing my mail route or something. Well, then the, the pain came to help you so that you didn't have to do the thing that it's preventing. So what would you say 
this condition or this pain is, how is that hampering your existence right now? It's preventing me from getting a good night's sleep, that's okay. for sure. Okay. There you go. So, okay, so you're preventing your dream time from coming in, and your dream time is uh, your grand therapist, by the way, uh -huh, and uh -huh. is also your metaphysical teacher, pardon the expression, out the wazoo. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to pardon it. It's not really something to pardon. You can just excuse it and let it go. A formal but pardon. You're, yeah, but you're keeping yourself from connecting to the bigger parts of you by it, oh, and yeah. that's all symptomatic of being... Um, hypnotized in the society that we live in, that you're not allowed to have any power, that you're certainly, and above all, not allowed to have any personal sovereignty whatsoever. You are, and that's why I said a few minutes ago, make that decision. You're asking us to make it for you. Decide that your body doesn't have to hurt. Just make that decision. Just make it. It doesn't matter what therapy we provide. It doesn't matter any of the rest of it. It is the idea that before that will happen, you have to make that decision. Yeah. So, and it's not, this, a decision is the word, however, it's more like desire, and desire is do sire. It is the idea of um, creating this, and the creating of it is up to you. And so for thousands of years on this show, we have been talking about get a hold of this thing and create it, because we, uh, you have already created the pain, and you can say that it was because of diet and not being accurate. You can say it was because of um, inherited it in the gene line. You can blame it on DNA. You can blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay, so, and that's very interesting. Well, not. But still, uh, it is the idea that you grab a hold of your life and you live it. And that's the way it works. The, um, the grand flu that's sweeping, cancel, 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 <laughs> uh, you know, is, is people that... Um, uh, aren't really happy with their life. They want a reason to be out of it, even if it's only for a few weeks. And they will give up uh, the idea of going, oh, I'm taking two weeks off. I don't care if I'm fired. I don't care if I'm paid. I'm taking two weeks off as a mental health exercise. I'm going to go to uh, some great seminar Mary and I might be offering, or whatever that is. I'm going to spend the two weeks working on myself. Oh, no, no, well, you can't do that. Well, then I'll be sick for two. Oh, yes, you can definitely do that. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so then I'm not allowed to work on me, but I can be in, in agony for two weeks, and that's my break from the life <clears throat> I don't want to leave. Live. <laughs> Freud is with me now. Yes. Sigmund, I you hear you. You are starting to look I'll like Freud. I'll be there. Freud Hang on. Now. What? You are starting to look like Freud. Yes, it's a Freudian <laughs> slip. Well, um, wait, you just said something that I, I, I wish listening. to comment on because it was really um, in, inspiring there. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, this is Oh, about the, the flu or yes. whatever that is. I, I feel that what also happens is when we have anger, and we all do, we get angry at people, and it's not really in not. our best interest to run over to our boss and say, I hate you, or whatever that is that might be going through your head, right? So what do we do with it? It sits in our body. It sits in our emotional body, as well as our physical body, but it begins in the emotional body. And if we take care of it in that body, it doesn't have to get in the physical body. But when we get full of that, when it gets to be too much, it comes into our body so that we look at the pain and say, what is really going on, and go to the real source. And as long as we're not really hitting the real source, it may hop around. 
and change facets. We may look at part of it and it moves over here. But ultimately, the pain or whatever it looks like is the big thing that, that we're stumbling over in our life. When we say, can't I ever get rid of that? That's like a Sherpa taking us up the mountain of ourself. And after a while, we get to a certain vibration where we no longer have to have it come disguised as pain, emotional or physical, and we can do it through conscious choice. And if we have an area that's like that, just bless it and say, oh, great, I still have other things to explore about myself. And just by doing that, the pain no longer is serving a function. And so that same angel is now presenting itself at a higher level. Just one way to look at that. Yeah. Yeah, there are apparently more light workers in child form <laughs> than in adult form on our planet at this point. In other words, the thank heavens. Yeah, the next well, the next generation coming up will Aren't will get all of this a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, flew in right? The flu, it flew in. Tell it to fly out. Fly out. <laughs> yeah, just say bye to the flu. And Adios. I don't mean the thing in the fireplace. Vamos. Yeah, what we're talking about is we are in command of reality. And they would tell us the reality is in command of us. And that is enough fodder to put you to sleep for 15 lifetimes because it's totally a lie. Uh, reality is not fixed. We are what's fixed. And we keep telling reality what to do. And reality, therefore, does it. Okay. Now, the other big, big, big picture here is that the veil, the veil, the veil is made of particles. The veil is made of particles of thought. And guess who's thinking the veil into existence? Come on, guess. Who is it? Who, who, who? Uh, well, you, yes, you knew. See, he knew, he knew. There we go. Yeah, you are thinking this into existence, and you can think yourself out of it. Changing dimension is as easy as changing the place at which you put your attention. It's yeah. that easy. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Liar, I am not. It's the truth. You <laughs> change dimension as soon as it's you It's the only way you can have an intelligent your, conversation. Yes, and, a, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was saying something there, so. Um, you were. Tension. The power yes, of attention. attention. The power of our focus. Exactly. And we do not comprehend how potent that is. Yeah. Okay, and I've said like forever, there's, there's the pile of dog poopy and there's the pile of diamonds. Okay, and, and the immature one, oh, look poopy. And the mature one, oh, look poopy. Because we're not, that, we're not that aware yet. Here's the 50 trillion carat diamond. Oh, look at the flaw in it. It's a 50 trillion carat diamond. Oh, look at the flaw in it. This is like uh, uh, whatever movie that was, which is not all that interesting. Uh, to begin with or end with, for that matter. So the idea is we came here to be sovereign of reality. Okay, If we got two people to agree on really anything, they, they could change the entire of the universe. Just like that. Just like that. Just two people to agree on something. The combined force of two free wills aligned could create a mountain of gold, which would not really be interesting. And where would you put it? Yeah. yeah okay. You have to get a bigger house and all. Yeah, that. and all the rest of that. So we're we're brilliant and we're in command and we're taught you're not, and we're taught you're not brilliant, you're not in command, and that's been since we were small children, and we believe it. Stop that! Stop it! You're awake. 
When I count to well, three, even you will we, wake we up. Begin to believe One, it from a two, level, three, body, awake. Our body still holds that, that negativity. Uh, by your command, did you just no, hear me make hear. the decision? She wait, just wait. decided her let body's me. holding negativity. Well, let me, let me just hear what All she right. said. What did you say? I'm sorry, Lina. Excuse me? Uh, what did you say? I, did, I, I said that even, even though we know, you know, we, we can understand it with our rational mind, mm -hmm. the negativity is still in the body from the childhood. It's like it's in the cell. Well, I, I would say something because this really is the, the line of work that I do, honestly. Yes. Oh, and I know. I, I, your sessions are so powerful, Mary. Yes, oh, they oh, are. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you. Um, I've, I'm, uh, in fact, I've got one with you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I, I really feel, and I know, I know that for all intents and purposes and everything, we use the idea of uh, there are negative things and positive things, or desirable things and non-desirable things. And I really do feel that um, when we look at the blocks, and let's just call it a block, a neutral block, something that's that appearing to block our energy, if we define it as being on our side, it's a yes. completely different animal than saying it's not on our side. Yeah. And I think that is the consciousness shift that we're talking about here, saying, okay, because yeah. is it true that we still carry energies of unresolved feelings from our childhood? Absolutely, all of us do, all of us do. And anybody that says they don't is, is just not willing to really look or, or uh, is afraid to look. Yeah. Now, if we say, is everybody carrying negativity and things that, could, that are, are preventing them from being who they are? I would then say no, that's not necessarily a truth. And it's not a truth that can guide us to the, the, the greatest possible outcome. Mm -hmm. So another facet is if we look at the things holding us back, like those experiences that we haven't resolved, as somehow being on our side, and we don't have to even figure out why. We don't have to say, oh, that marriage breakup was a good thing because now I've met this beautiful person over here and all that. We don't even have to have any kind of proof that it was on our side. We, that's where that faith comes in. And we must believe in order to see, not see in order to believe. So anything that is on our side that moves us forward, I think, is good. So there does come a time, though, and I've been through it, too, where it just seemed like there was always more things to explore. And on one hand, that's a good thing because we get pretty bored if we discovered this whole being that we came here to discover, which is ourselves. But there comes a time after a while it turns into an exciting thing, and you're finding treasure chests instead of painful things. And it, it's just this tipping point of awareness, and I think that awareness is just looking at it slightly differently, like I just said. So what were you going to say? I'd like to speak for a few moments. Sure. Okay. Right what we don't comprehend here is that everything happens because we decide it happens. It's called free will. Everything that happens in your life is your idea, true or false. Now, a lot of people will answer false because they don't have the capacity to take responsibility for themselves enough to realize that that's their idea. Okay. So once you recognize that everything that happens in your life is your idea, you're actually in a position to make an informed decision. Uh, the reason people are so squeamish around the idea of volunteering is that they feel they will have a burden placed upon them when the exact opposite is the truth. As soon as you agree to say, I'm responsible for this, 
then you can do something about it. Until you say you are responsible for it, you cannot. Okay, so once you, you take command of your own life and say, I'm responsible for what's going on in my life, then you can create a much smoother reality than the one you would have created based on the idea of it all being somebody else's idea. Yes, I agree. Okay, so then whatever happened in your childhood is whatever happened in your childhood. Right now we are with the adults, and the adult has to take responsibility for what happened, but you do not have to continue any sort of pain from any other dimension um, because you just make that decision, and decisions work until you doubt them. So I decide that I have no pain, and in fact I decide that I don't have to be teacher, and I also decide that I don't have to convince anyone of anything. And that makes it all just okay. And if there are any questions, please call. Well, um, <clears throat> I would like to, that was very good. And I think we all essentially agree with that because it's really about claiming power and responsibility. But one of the things that you were saying is um, seeing uh, view, that I created it or taking responsibility. I think that was um, that the word I'd words, written down. Yeah. The thing about taking responsibility, it is... Uh, and I'm going to say that there are times in our evolution in areas of our life, like we can be very, very advanced spiritually, but when it comes to talking with someone one-on-one, -on -one, we may have a lot of shyness. So we have different areas that develop differently, and we're all perfect, and it's not like there's a finish line or a race that we have to get there and say, okay, now I'm done cooking, like when, oh, I'm grown up now, I'm finished. There's never a finish line because there's no race and it's just an evolution and an unfoldment and a discovery. But I tell you, it is more difficult and less likely for people to take responsibility for things in their life when they are judging them as being bad or wrong. Because I tell you, one of the first things that I have seen people walk through in this idea of we create our reality and I'm responsible for my own existence, first thing a lot of people say, and this is a room we walk through in the development of our belief systems, is, oh my gosh, if I'm creating my reality, why did I create this mess? And guess what happens? First thing, they start beating themselves up, it starts getting unconscious guilt, and then they sabotage other areas of their life because they're afraid to create at this point. But once we, this is the key, and Seth put it brilliantly, we either say, I live in a safe universe or I'm safe within the universe. And they sound the same, but they're completely different. One says that I am safe within the universe, but there are places I'm not safe. And if you believe that, you've got to spend your whole life building walls and blocking that other force out, that negative force out, trying to hide from it, and your whole life is then in, in the, the realm of measurement and fleeing. Or you say, I live in a safe universe. And so when you commit to that, you have to be willing to look and say everything is on my side. Okay, this may not feel good, this may have been a terrible thing, I was in pain, but somehow this is on my side. And just by asking the question, it helps you to vibrate at a higher level. Oh, yeah. And then it becomes very simple to take responsibility because mm -hmm. you're not going to be that critical parent that's going to beat you up if you take responsibility for something and mess it up. Do you see? I do. Because yeah. you're Absolutely. taking responsibility for the words you choose. Mm -hmm. That's the language codes book. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Been teaching this simply forever. Uh, the latest language code I've um, recognized um, 
which was through a, a book I was reading, Garden of Unknowable Things. Uh, the, uh, if you refer to something as complex, you have told me that you don't understand it. So <laughs> when people say, oh, I'm complex, all they've told you is they don't begin to understand who they are, which because it's okay. <laughs> yes, but I mean, people don't know they're doing that, which is not unusual on our planet for, you know, the language codes that are um, in and throughout everything. Yeah. Um, mm. You also can say something like, somebody's a, you, you're a pain in the neck. <laughs> yeah. I prefer uh, posterior. <laughs> yeah, that too. In the arse. <laughs> yes. Preponderous pain in the posterior is actually the expression Watch I out prefer. The hemorrhoids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Lina. Boy, thank it's so too. wonderful to talk with you. And you and always. I, I look forward to my next session with you, Mary. Oh, and I look we'll, forward to we'll seeing take you this further. Yes, absolutely. Boy, uh, thank you so much. <laughs> your, your calls are always so, yes. so loved. Yeah. Thank you. We love to hear from you. We have another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Wait. Hi, caller. What's your name? No. No call. Now. now. My name is Jennifer. Jennifer. And um, this was a perfect subject because I've been having a lower back pain for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I had a dream that I wanted to share. Um, okay. And in the dream, I had asked before dreaming, what is any insights about what this, what this could be? And my dream was um, in the lower right side of my lower back, there was a USB like a like what a computer has yeah right. and there was a hard drive attached to it um, mm. a small USB drive mm -hmm. and I I was starting to get ideas about you know what is a hard drive for me it's like storage and then how could I bring the dream forward and work with it in meditation which I haven't done yet but I wanted to see if you have any insight. well that is yeah, so interesting because yeah. Hard drive is a hard drive, but it's also the two words, hard drive. Like, are you driving yourself hard? Because lower back often has to do with driving yourself hard, carrying the weight of something, bending over backwards for something or whatever. Yeah. So um, anyway, I, I can tell you have something. So why don't well, you go? And yes, then lower finish. back pain is always bending over backwards for someone. Uh, might I guess your boss? Mom, bending over backwards. Jennifer, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I am. I was just, I got an idea right now as I was listening. Um, I didn't pick out the word hard, but it's true. I feel like even the exploration of what is this pain about, because, you know, I, I just come from a place of consciousness, and it can be frustrating to a conscious person that has taken responsibility to be like, okay, so I did all this work and I'm peeling the onion and it's still there. And um, I realized, uh, I think in this thought came to meditate on on downloading the hard drive to a device and see what comes out. Yeah. Okay, before like, what, all that. What am I holding there? Yeah. Um, did you see the, um, do you watch Star Trek at all? Uh, this um, is a Star sorry, Trek episode about life. Do you watch Star Trek at all? Star Trek? Star Trek. Yes. Okay, and you saw the um, Voyager series? I've seen some of it. Okay, so the ship was taken over by aliens that were testing stress on humans? Mm-hmm. Okay, and they had on the Janeway, they had this clamp they were steadily tightening on her head? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
that just flashed right through to your dream. I mean, it's the same thing, only ah. that... Ah, good, okay. Now, uh, they eventually got a hold of these people and in a loving way showed them what they were doing. Hmm. Okay, and there is... Um, and not to spread panic amongst we the humans, because that's just way too easy to do. Uh, mm -hmm. There are, there is, uh, I'll choose to comment upon that only in private. Okay. okay, so, does that mean I'm done? I don't know, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, so the idea, um, actually I am. Okay, uh, did you hear me when I said lower back pain is bending over backwards? Yes. Okay. Well, I think it's also interesting if you look at USB and hard drive, it's us be hard drive. So I think your lower back is telling you of an unconscious belief that we must drive ourselves really wow. hard or we're not successful or we're not doing a good job, which I think is really um, a symptom uh, that is epidemic in, yeah. in our unconscious. Let me, let me do that one. That came directly from Eckhart Tolle who said... Um, uh, nothing you can possibly do will make you any greater than you already are. Uh huh. So you understand that. Which means yeah. all of the pressure is off. Which means you don't actually have to do anything. Wow. <laughs> it's yeah, on or it's not. This is, a, this is all resonating with me. Thank you. Um, I, oh. I, sometimes I'm too caught up in my own, I guess, self-work and it's, it's, I don't know, when I say it out loud, it, it's like a, a step forward in a way. So um, thank you for giving me this opportunity well, to thank take you. it outside, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, no, thank, thank you, you Jennifer. As a matter of fact, um, I know you're a brilliant dreamer and that dream tells me that you are as oh, well. thank you. Because, it, I mean, just the U, us, B, hard drive, USB, hard drive, um, that is so literal and it's such a sentence that it's telling you mm -hmm. something so clearly. And you're bringing up something that I think is going to help everyone right. because one of the things in our spiritual unfoldment is we think it, everybody's on this fast track where we just have no patience with ourselves. It's like we got to get that, 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 because mm -hmm. that is programmed in mm -hmm. our work life and in other areas. And it's not a bad thing to be driven. It's just... If it's done uh, through love and passion, it's I, good, and it'll and you'll be funded. It'll be on your side. Yeah. I prefer being chauffeured. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. That's good. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay. What a brilliant so, dream. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Neville, too. Yes, yes you too. You. Thanks for the call. We love. Uh, please call in again soon. We love this. Uh, love these calls. Absolutely. Absolutely do. Yeah. Now, if you pour caffeine on the amount of stress there is, follow. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to someone about. Um, uh, haven't drunk coffee in a very, very long time. And like most addictions, I've gone back and forth with it. I drank coffee for a long time. And then I quit for a long time. And then I drank for a long time. And now I haven't had coffee, any stimulants whatsoever. In, uh, I don't know how many years. I really don't know how many years. And um, one of the times when I started in coffee again, uh, I had, uh, which I enjoyed because that's the nature of addictions. Uh, so I drank all this coffee and all of a sudden I have this body-wide panic uh, like an alarm has gone off in the center of my stomach like this. And I'm going, nothing's the matter. Well, what, what is sounding this alarm? Ah, it's chemically induced. 
It's the mm -hmm. caffeine. It's just the caffeine. It is just a physiological, chemical response to the caffeine. Good God, what was I thinking? That's just totally destroyed my ability to be in charge of my life because I had to go put out this non-existent alarm going off in my stomach pit. Well, I think that's really an interesting thing, that yeah. a good observation. And, and it's also funny that we as a human race are, are so addicted to coffee and love it, we've gotten so used to that feeling of waking up. Yeah, we don't know it's I there. I had at least That's 20 fine. years or more of my work yeah. life where I would wake up in the morning because there was so much to do, where I would wake up in a panic. That was the first thing that crossed my, my mind and my body as I woke up. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to get up. I got to get this done. I got to get to work. Chemically and induced. It, Could we please introduce that term to the human race? This madness that we're involved in is chemically induced. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But we would not be drawn to that chemical-induced feeling if we did not have it in our emotional body first. It would seem like to you. True. Love that, or anger comes from within. Because after I really worked and got myself to the level where I was, I mean, I can still be in a hurry and all that, but I really don't feel it in my gut like I used to. But the rare time it comes, it's like what you're saying with the chemical reaction. It's like, ooh, I really am aware of this. So start looking at that feeling, whether it's through chemical induction or it's through um, your boss giving you deadlines. Look at that feeling and say, this is foreign. Whether it's induced through your own chemistry or the chemistry of coffee, just say, I, I don't accept it. I think that's a very good It's very much, that's the, in fact, the entire theme of the show, what is really going on. Now, another thing I wanted to add to this was I have quit sugar. I quit it intermittently several times, but always went back to it. And now I haven't eaten sugar since I can remember. And I'm much calmer. You know, if you really want to be a great kindergarten teacher, you want to take 500 gummy bears and just plain sugar and just feed it, to have them wash it down with soda. And you'll just watch the kids go totally OK. And it's chemically induced. OK, sugar is chemically induced. Once you get to the point where your body wakes you up, not your fact that your body's filtered out the caffeine, caffeine long enough to require a dose, which is your average sleep cycle. Yeah. OK, oh, time for more caffeine. Wait, I can't be this happy. It's the morning. OK, or the sugar addiction. And you can see the meetings they had at cartels. How can we get little tiny children hooked on sugar? You can see these meetings. And, and then the people that are you know, uh, kissing up in the, in the meeting room, we can put it in cereal and tell kids it's good for them. And we can make it happy, happy little shapes so that they'll mistake them for toys. And we can get an entire generation so completely addicted to sugar that, that well, what do you do with that? OK, so then in quitting sugar, what happened was there is the idea that sugar, sweetness in your life, sweetness has become a dietary supplement. Okay, it, there's, you don't recognize sweetness because you're you're bouncing around so incoherently. Once you can stop sugar long enough, you can start to recognize that people are sweet. That that sweetness comes from other things besides cane sugar. Sweetness comes from, and, and you can't just give up sugar. You're going to have to have something sweet. Well, we'll give you stevia. Who's Steve and what is ah? Uh, 
you know, all the rest of this. So the idea of sugar uh, is another one that just, just keeps you from understanding what's really going on. Because you can be happy without it being some kind of a high. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, uh, I think the point was noted, and it's a good point. Yeah, so. Uh, something, and it's not to change the subject. We can no. certainly go back to that. But I just wanted to tell Jennifer. Okay, sure. I'm being cued to be quiet here. Oh, this is a painting of, um, and we can come back to this if you would like to, to speak just to Jennifer. Just do your thing. Uh, this is a painting. There's a series that I'm calling the Puddle Series. This was one in this group in which uh, there is simply a plane with a puddle in it, which is doing many, many, many things. So this is... Um, uh, it's very lovely. Yeah, uh, it really does very do vivid. its own job. Hmm? Very vivid. Yeah, and um, my daughter mentioned that, that this could be a small child holding a, a balloon that is the cloud mm -hmm. by the lightning strike, yeah. which gave me an image somehow of uh, Benjamin Franklin as a small child, conceptually, all the mm -hmm. way around. But the, the paintings are coming quite along, and there's... Um, uh, could I just say yeah, this to Jennifer? Because I'm losing it. Jennifer, it's, please. Uh, it's really fading, and I actually yeah, I could know. write it down. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to say uh, one quick thing about her dream. There's an, every dream, as you know, uh, gives us multiple messages. And I always use the example, it doesn't rain for only one reason. It rains for lots of reasons. And so it was funny that your, your painting came up. But I really felt, especially since I believe you said the lower right half of your back, mm -hmm. uh, which is the left left brain oh, or whatever, well I feel too that what it's saying is that there is a lot of information coming to you in dream time and make sure you get that written out or typed out or something like that uh, and put onto your computer. Almost like sometimes we'll hold that knowledge and then um, it's not like we ever run out of space but it's almost like that won't bring in more. Okay, yeah, go ahead yes. to your next painting, I'm sorry. Um, so the, um, there we go. Um, I don't know if it's the monitor distorting. That's actually a circle rather than an oval. Uh, this is uh, uh, one of the oldest symbols. Inside of every equilateral triangle, there are four smaller equilateral triangles taking up the space. Now, it's very easy to understand that if we're talking about just the triangular part of this, we'll put it in the circle in a moment, uh, just the triangular part is like a flattened tetrahedron. In other words, if you took the center triangle and folded the three other triangles up, you would have a perfect tetrahedron. That would be the manifestation of this painting from a two-dimensional painting into a three-dimensional sculpture. It would become a tetrahedron. And then if you did that entire process twice, you would have the Merkava, which are paintings we will talk about later. Uh, this in particular is um, known as the Four Faces of God. Uh, in the hieroglyphic, if you see this as a hieroglyphic, uh, it means the four faces of God and the central face. And uh, the fact that it's in a circle is another God symbol all the way around. Uh, the sphere uh, gets it to move. And here we are, back again. It's very lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's very soothing, too. Mm -hmm. uh, one day I was doing some yoga stretching and everything. Uh, this was back when you first did that one, and it was in the, the room, and I just felt this incredible heart healing calmness coming from it. it was oh, very lovely. Well, how sweet of you to mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Yeah. See, sweetness. Yeah. Something you recognize. Yes. Yeah, rather than yes. ingest. Pardon the drum I'm beating. 
Uh, something, uh, I don't know if we're ready for the duck or whatever, but. Um, There's the duck. Okay, we'll do the duck. There's David, our duck dangler. And here come the duck. There we go. Okay, and the angel card that I drew, these two wish to come together, presence and light. A light presence, and presence is light. Grace, which is the opposite of complexity, by the way, speaking of Well, you know, coming from somebody that loves puzzles, I'm very left-brained as well, and I mm -hmm. love solving things, complexity is not bad either. I think the idea is don't get lost in anything. Don't forget yourself in anything. Well, forget the moment, or forget the past and the future and get lost in the moment, I mean like that. But don't lose who you are. Mm -hmm. So whether that's to complexity or to simplicity, it's all the same. But something I wish to say uh, real quick uh, that I think is really at the bottom of all pain in human beings, and that is this desire to be loved and to mm -hmm. be lovable. And it, it's so intense that it turns into a fear, so much so that I feel that's what drives the ego is the fear uh, and the desire, the, the mm -hmm. manic desire to be loved, mm -hmm. where we have to be seen, we have to be loved. And all of us have it. All mm -hmm. of us, we're human, it ha we have it. And there is a, a um, lighter side of that, meaning uh, not, not light and dark so much as lighter. It's a, it's a less weighted thing and then a more weighted thing. But the cause of all sadness is not feeling loved. So what I would propose to everybody is look yourself in the mirror or tonight when you go to sleep and just say, I love myself unconditionally. Because the only th reason another person not loving you hurts you is because then you take that as a sign that you're not supposed to love yourself. If you refuse to ever withhold love from yourself, regardless of how many people are, then you will always be happy. There, that's yeah. what so, I have to say. Excellent. So um, as soon as we, the human race, and this is very easy to understand. I know Caller will be right with you. Uh, this is very easy to understand. Absolutely everything is love. Uh, the idea of uh, what we used to call bad, let us use the word nemesis. Nemesis originally meant your friend, uh, your best friend, in fact. Uh, there is the part that loves you through darkness, and uh, that is very often the only way in which we, uh, as the less awake humans, are going to catch on to something. It's if it is presented in dark terms that nonetheless they are always love. Yeah. Uh, and sure. so, yeah, and so we say, well, the, there was the accident or the car got uh, dinged up, whatever that was. And then years later, you go, oh, that was such a blessing. It's the years later is how slow we are to catch on. You could instantaneously, yeah, I understand, yeah, uh, one, yeah, instantaneously catch on to this stuff. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, Paulina. Paulina, Hi, what Paulina. can we do for you? Um, I just really love your show, first of all. I think your topic today was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and can I have a reading from Mary, please? Sure. Mm -hmm. I'd be absolutely Thank happy you. to. So there's one, two. I love that name, too, Paulina. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of Pauls in my family, so it's nice to hear the feminine version of that. Okay, the first card. <clears throat> we get is the ripeness card, and it talks about 
teaching, learning, and it's a time of being really open and receiving the things that are coming to you. And the time is right to do those things that you've been thinking about. The second card is the swan, and the swan really is the epitome of grace. It moves through the water. The neck is long. Um, and, and by that, or, or for that reason, I feel like what it's saying is that there is this great opening that you're having with your throat chakra in communication. I don't know if you're studying something in that way or thinking of doing that for a living or if you already are. There is a lot to be said. I, you have an ability to um, mediate or to bring calmness to situations that may be out of accordance with each other. So maybe even in uh, law or in the courts doing that would be a good thing for you. And friendship. Uh, it could be talking about <coughs> communicating uh, with the friends or whatever, but friendship is really nice. These two little flowers are holding leaves, and it's talking about getting out there and really opening up. And, and what's so great, the more we learn about ourselves, the better friends come into our life. Up to a certain point, the people that come into our life are really mirroring back to us this idea of who we think we ought to be. Mm -hmm. And after a while, we say, no, this is who I really am. You'd be amazed at the people that come into your life. So thank you. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, hello. My name is Anne, and I would like a reading from Mary. Okay. Yeah. And okay. it's in regards to uh, just my life direction, and I'm going to hang up. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the third one, I know this takes me a little bit longer, but I like having the perspective of the three decks. Okay, the first card is the adventure card. So you may be coming from a time where you really felt like you wanted to make some changes and take that step out there in your life, but there, sometimes that is a little frightening because we don't know what the future holds. We can speculate, we can have... Um, statisticians run uh, estimates of what the future is going to be like, but ultimately it's always this beautiful grand surprise. And it's saying that you're aware of that and you're really ready to take the next step in your life. And the cardinal is, is so beautiful, and I, I put commitment with cardinal when I, when I uh, added cardinal to the an spirit animal cards because I, I've watched cardinals. The male cardinal will crack open a... Um, uh, sunflower seed and feed it to the female and they mate for life and it talks about the commitment where you take the time to really care for yourself or the things that you're committed to and and really look at yourself and see your beautiful colors and balance there <clears throat> and then once you've done that trust so this could be talking about relationships because we've all been hurt in relationships and there comes a time where we just have to trust because otherwise all of your energy is in protection, and it's not in growth and in movement forward. And what this is saying is just relax because you can trust what's coming to you in all ways. So thank you. All right, then Excellent. we have another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Merced, and I'd like a reading from Mary. Okay, well, thank you. Let's see here. And number two and number three. All right. So let's see what we got. The first card, this is a card of traveling. 
and it's moving forward. And it's not only traveling, like getting on an airplane and going on vacation. It's traveling to new places within ourselves. That's what's so good, is we have an endless onion that is us, and we're going to find things forevermore, and it will go on endlessly. Um, so it, it's saying that there's a lot of self-exploration, and you're moving up, and you're walking toward your own enlightenment. And the raven is the bird of magic, and it reminds us that we are magical beings. And um, there's this beautiful story of Raven that was on Northern Exposure, which I love, where it talked about the, the light. It was the light, and something come, came and took the light away. And so the Raven came back disguised as a baby and, or, or um, a pine needle. Pine needle. And the, the, the guys, the emperor, whoever this was, the king's um, daughter, ate the pine needle and then gave birth to the Raven, and the Raven talked the grandfather into letting him play with the light again, and he took it back up into the sky. And so the, the raven is, is really here to help you discover who you really are and solve the mysteries within yourself, which will then lead to your wisdom. So this is a great spiritual time for you of unfoldment. Okay, thank you. Yes, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi. Hi. What's your name? This is Gloria and James. Hello. Hey, how oh, are we hey. doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. So uh, did, I know we're down to our last three minutes or so. Um, did you want me to pull cards or? Yes, yes. For, for both of us. For, yeah, for, next, for the coming week. Okay. For, for both of you in unison here? I think we can do we'll that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. It will be a Ruby yeah. Tuesdays, by the way. Yeah, I didn't mean to rush. I just yeah, saw that yes, we had three just, minutes and I didn't want to get cut off in the middle. Okay. This yeah. is the understanding card. All understanding puts bars away. So all hatred between mankind and womankind can be solved with just understanding and seeing that I don't have to be separated from this idea. This feels like a big opening and things that you had felt were not coming to you are now coming to you. And I was seeing the color gold, and uh, which to me is saying something financial is coming. Independence can be referring to, if you are in a financial endeavor, maybe really think about your partnerships because cats really love that independent thing. And even if they come up and, and climb up in your lap, they still have that aura of, I got to look after my own interests here. And so there is a fork in the road. And sometimes we may diverge our path away from something, not because it's bad or, or wrong. It's just not right for us right at that moment. So I feel like there's a choice coming, and fret not because you are guided in the right direction. So thanks, mm -hmm. guys. Yeah. Nice to hear your voice. Yes, and if anyone would like to come and join us at Ruby Tuesdays, uh, this does have to be Thursday night. If <coughs> it's the Saturday rerun, we won't be there, but uh, we will be shortly, so please do come. And uh, what do we have coming up? We have... Oh. Uh, I have a psychic development practicum coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, you have face reading at one point, and then I have the EFT training. I got to say that that's the best thing you can ever do for yourself is mm -hmm. learn how to do this and all its nuance, uh, which is coming up later in the month. All that's on the website. And the ball and face event. Reading. Oh, and the ball event. When is face reading again? Uh, I'm not sure, but it's all on the web. Okay. I'll bring a calendar with me next time. Okay. All right. Okay. And was five Monique today? So something you can look forward to. Tomorrow will be six Lamont mm -hmm. for those following that sort of thing. Lamont. Lamont, and I will Lamont. spend the day doing art, I can guarantee it. 
because it's the tribe of the artist. Yes. So it was our joy and honor to take you to the door and thank you for joining us tonight. Please tell your friends about the show. Yeah. Spread the link around. If you would be so kind, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. And it's a brilliant future. And I'm so happy to be past 2012. God. Thank you.